It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. I made it to Friday. Welcome in Spears on Sports, presented by M&M Carnage. John Spears in studio. No Ed today. He, uh... Boo. Yeah, well, I'm, I, you're the only one booing. But anyway, uh, <laughs> Ed had a uh, obligation he had to uh, take care of today. So just me and you, Scoots, is that good on a Friday? Yeah, that'll work. I, it, I think we can get through it. You know, we can just kind of close the shop anytime we want. 11.15, 11.40. You know, we can just close it down. We're the only ones here. True. Right? I mean, if you want to close it, no, no, twelve fifteen, twelve forty, I'm good. We get to that final segment, and I got nothing, and you got nothing, and most of the time we got nothing. Um, you know, maybe we just shut it down. I have it to is, go to work today anyway, so more yeah, time than Mary. Yeah, there you go. Friday, October twentieth, which means high school football tonight. Big X, uh, Saint X at Pleasure Ridge Park in a district matchup. Seven thirty kickoff, seven oh five pregame right here on the Big X scooter. You'll be at Silver Creek, right? Correct. Yep. They'll take it on Martinsville and first round of sectional play. I'll be on 94-7, about 6.50 with the pregame, 7 o'clock first, or kickoff. Two more weeks of regular season football in Kentucky, but That's crazy. Uh, Indiana, we're in sectional play. Does that count this week? So that you got this week, this week and next week? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tonight and uh, next Friday. So we'll be in sectional championships. Yeah. You're all's first week of playoffs. And we got how many weeks of playoffs you got? Because we have five. Uh, it's more than that. Yeah. I want to say six, maybe Everybody seven. gets in, Yeah, but there are, you know, obviously more teams in the state of Indiana than there are in the state of Kentucky. Yeah. The Eminem Cartage Hotline's open, 384-1450, 384-1450, if you'd like to join in on the conversation. Thornton's text line open as well, 502-414-1450. I stopped at Thornton's and got gas, uh, but didn't have a dollar in the car. Ooh. I got a 20. Didn't want to break it. You don't have a dollar and change? I No. You said yesterday yes. I know. I know what I said. And now today I found out the reality when I looked for four quarters. So, no, I don't. Uh, f- so that's 414-1450 on the Thornton's text line. Looking for an icy cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction? 32-ounce found drinks and smaller, only 89 cents at Thornton's. 89 cents plus tax. Come in today, grab a fountain drink, and hit me up on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Unsponsored six-pack on the way. Scooter is (laughs) 0-1. Bad way to start. The Scooter spread selections. You had the New Orleans Saints. Sure did. I sure did. They had a nice comeback, 24-9. They were down. They get a couple of touchdowns. The whole place is booing. Then the whole place is cheering. Then all of a sudden, Jacksonville goes right down the field, scores, and has a uh, stop at the goal line late in the game. And the Jaguars are now 5-2. and two. I don't know who's – if I said who's a five or more win team least likely to make the playoffs, I think Jacksonville's the obvious choice here. Detroit's got five wins. Miami's got five wins. Philadelphia's got five wins. Kansas City's got five wins. I do think that if you said, of all the five-win teams, who's not going to make the playoffs, people would say Jacksonville. But Jacksonville's in the right division. You got the Colts. You got the Texans. And you got the other team that I'm missing that's not very good. 
So, uh, Tennessee, my Titans. Oh, man. I can't forget about my Titans. But I just did. But uh, so, unsponsored six-pack coming up. Three college games. Three pro games. I usually tell you when I like it. And I tell you when I don't like it. This week, I don't know if I like it or not. Well, he couldn't be here in person. So maybe he wants to do the entire show over the phone. Is that feasible, Scooter? Mm, don't think so. All right, Ed, what you got? How you doing, brother? No, no, you're not right here because I'm right here. I'm right here, and I'm looking across from me, and you're not here. Thank you. <laughs> okay. He just took my whole show, Scooter. He took That's my, Ed for he you. He took my entire show with that stat. First pitcher in the history of the game. Zero runs allowed, zero walks, and consecutive postseason starts. Now he went four and two thirds against the Dodgers, five and two thirds yesterday against Philadelphia. And you're right, Ed. He was unbelievable. Two hits, nine strikeouts. That's the entire pitching line for a Brandon Fott yesterday. That's pretty darn good. Crazy stat, by the way. is supposed to be before the carriage. You don't want to put the carriage before the horse. Okay. I get that. He is a he's a fine gentleman to talk to. Um that is a that was a and uh, okay, take Brandon Fott out of the equation. That was a great baseball game, right? I mean, you, you can have your 10 to 9s and your 8 to 6s. That 2 to 1 game, walk off single by Cattell Marte in the bottom of the ninth, that was just great baseball all the way through. Arizona. 
Texas? Don't tell people in Texas. Texas yeah, had a great crowd again. They didn't have a lot to cheer about, but they had a great crowd. And Houston always brings a great crowd. So the four teams that are left, Ed, crowds are incredible. Tampa Bay's crowd was terrible. Um, I don't think the Dodger crowd was very excited because they were playing Arizona. Now they got it shoved in their grill there. But I don't think they were very excited. But these four teams that are left, they bring the noise at home game. All right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that didn't hurt as much. Thank God. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. Here's the thing I said I said uh, two days ago, Scooter, I think I asked you, is this Philadelphia-Arizona series over? And you said? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. But it's not soccer. There's no aggregate scoring here. That 10 to nothing loss meant exactly the same as yesterday's 2-1 to one win for Arizona. That's true. It's, it's one game. It's one game. They were outscored 15 to three in Philadelphia in two games. And I said, I brought, I made the question, is it over? Because it felt like it was over, but it's never over. Um, ask the Oh four Red Sox and Yankees. It's never over till it's over. And now if Arizona keeps the momentum eight Oh seven tonight, it's going to be a bullpen game for both teams. You know, who the starting pitchers are tonight Ed. Christopher Christopher Sanchez for Philadelphia, Joe Mantiply for Arizona. You ever heard of either one of those guys? <laughs> so the so this is a bullpen game. Neither one of these guys is probably going to go two innings. That's probably the case here tonight. But that's that, that's what makes baseball great. If Arizona wins this game. All of a sudden, it's two games all, and they've got the momentum with one more home game. Look at Houston and Texas. Texas wins the first two in Houston. Now it's two all, and this feels like a must win for the Rangers tonight at home. They right. don't. They don't want to go back to Houston down three to two. Okay. Um. Chris Berman said that. I think uh, Scott Van Pelt said that. Let's see. Oh, did you say it too? I don't remember that. Which game? Which series did you say was going to go seven? Houston. 
Both, okay. Well, I mean, you know, just like that, I mean, snap your fingers and the Astros are back in it. That's what champions do. There's a reason they've been to seven straight ALCSs. There's a reason. They got a lot of guys. Did I? Yes. Oh, I don't know what's good. I don't. I, no, I just, bet so many things. I don't have time to read them all. All I've got to bet on is Acuna to be MVP. That's it. I bet the Phillies to win the World Series uh, about three weeks before the end of the regular season. Got them at eleven to one. Feeling pretty good about it. Even after last night, feeling pretty yeah, good about it. But I will hedge a little bit. I've already bet Arizona to win the game tonight. Yeah. Hedging is a great thing. Hedging's a great thing. Didn't matter. Yeah, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. That's the beauty of baseball. You can lose 10 to nothing and look like the worst team in the game and then come back two days later and win two to one and uh, cut into that series lead. Ed, let's, let's, before I let you go, go ahead. Make it quick. Make it quick. Tell me about the Cardinals. Before I go, before I go to break, I was going to bring up Louisville basketball. I'm, you're look, I'm the host. You're the analyst, all right? What did you think about that game the other night? Because I talked about it yesterday. Talent is good. Uh, Sky Clark, uh, Williams, and Dennis Evans on the defensive end at least, and Trey White. I think the new talent is good. However, in in the ACC, the question would be how good, and I don't think it's I don't think it's going to be that dramatic of a change. They will win some pre-ACC games, which is something they didn't do last year. So I think your number of 13 or 14 is probably about right. Shameless promotion. Go ahead. Ed, you don't even know who you're right for? Thank you, buddy. You don't like that, Brian? I didn't say that. I just said thank you, buddy. All right. We'll, we'll see you later. All right, Ed. I always appreciate it. 
I don't even know what he said about Elmer Fudd. I was too busy laughing at uh, you asking him <laughs> if he knew who he wrote for. And How he, does he not know where the story oh is? Oh, my God. What a goof. What was he talking about, Bugs Bunny? How did we get to Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd? <laughs> I mean, okay. We went from Brandon Fott and his great pitching performance to the 86 Mets, Red Sox. Don't forget the 85 Cardinals. To the 61 Pirates, Yankees. <laughs> to the Houston, Texas series, to Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd. I don't know how that happened. No other show in the country, I'm willing to say, made all of those connections. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Astros look like world beaters again. We'll talk about that. Uh, NFL game last night. There is an unbeaten team in college football that is not going to get to go to a bowl game. Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Spears. Welcome back. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in the studio. Justin Kalen on the other side of the concrete. Eminem Cartage hotlines open 384-1450 to join in on the conversation. 384-1450. Thornton's text line open as well. 502-414-1450. Texter says about uh, 75% of the time MLB playoffs lead to better games than any other professional sport. All right, Scooch, think about that. I don't think that's true because you can watch a whole NBA season or be and be bored to death most of the time. NBA playoffs are great. Yeah, but even still with NBA, I mean, you don't if you don't watch the first what, 55 minutes of the game, you're really not missing much, you know. I mean, you can watch In the, the final you can watch the final five minutes of an NBA playoff game and uh, still be okay. I don't know. Uh, football, man, playoff games in NFL can be I think unbelievable. I think NFL is the answer. And hockey, the only time I watch is the playoff. Mm-hmm. And I don't watch a lot then either, but hockey playoffs, just they're different. I think I put NBA at the bottom of that list, oddly enough. Uh, where do you put MLB, though? Probably number two. Probably goes NFL, <laughs> MLB. NHL, NBA. Okay. So I agree with the texter. I think baseball provides the best playoff moments. I like to read all the texts, and if there's no vulgarity, I, I feel like, you know, this is an open forum, mm-hmm. right? Sure. I can read them. People have opinions. If you want to say John Spears is the worst uh, radio personality I've ever listened to, I'm fine with that. I'm good. My wife would probably agree with you. But here's one for you. I don't know how much – I don't know much about it. I'm already, great, la- I'm already great laughing. Start. But he talks about these games from the 60s like he was either playing on the team or sitting right there in the stands with his grandkids. How old is this guy? <laughs> he's he's pretty old. Uh, Ed, Ed actually covered the St. Louis Cardinals. <laughs> okay? Now, I don't think it was the Gas House Gang of the 30s, but he covered the Cardinals. He covered the Redbirds from the moment they started in 1982, I want to say. Louisville Redbirds. It's been around a long time. I had just graduated high school in 1982. Scooter was not even thought of in 1982. Nope. Uh, Ed is a veteran. He knows a heck of a lot more. He's forgotten more than I've ever known about sports. So I will say this. If you you know, don't mind listening to some stories, that dude's got some stories. Oh, yeah. 
Um, all right, Michigan's in trouble, right? Mm-hmm. Are, are they in trouble? They shouldn't be. Is this a ridiculous rule? I think so. Or it's not even a rule. I don't even know if it's a rule. It's an NCAA um, re- regulation. It's a guideline. It's it's sign stealing. Everybody does it. If you go to a college football game or you watch one on TV, you will see grad assistants or uh, managers holding up these humongous blockers so that people can't film from the press box the signs mm-hmm. um, that are being sent out. And you've got three or four guys sending out different signs. The quarterback knows which one to look at. The rest of the team knows who to look at to get the right sign because there are dummy signs just like there are in any sport. But Michigan apparently broke the rules by having a guy go to games and steal signs. He went to games before these teams played Michigan, right? Mm-hmm. Is that what's going on here? Yeah. His name, he's got a great name, by the way. Colin, what's his name? Or Connor... Did you get this? No, nah, I can't think of his name either. I could probably pull it he's up a, he's quick. He's a former Navy guy, all right? Uh, Michigan, a, a bottom-level staffer here. His name is Connor Stallions. How cool is that? <laughs> Football analyst with the Wolverines and a retired captain in the U.S. Marine Corps. So how old is this guy? He's a retired Marine Corps captain. But he's a low-level staffer, low-level football analyst for the University of Michigan. Uh, He's who's being investigated. Now, Jim Harbaugh has said, cooperate fully. He said everything he's supposed to say. I don't know anything about this, just like Rick Pitino and the hookers. I don't know anything about this. Don't know what's going on. Nobody tells me anything. I'm just the head of the program who is not in touch with what's going on around me. Wink, wink. By the way, the wink, wink. These guys know everything that's going on in their program, period. Rick Pitino did. Bobby Petrino did. Uh, you know, Joe B. Hall knew that Rick Roby was getting $100 handshakes. Let's let's don't be foolish here. <sighs> Is number two Michigan, They are what they would do, they would scout future opponents in person at games. The NCAA said this has been prohibited since 1994 is this a big deal scooter i don't think it is everybody steals signs exactly and it's i i don't want to repeat or regurgitate what i said on krc this morning but ultimately i didn't listen so you might as well ultimately my take was i don't really think this is all this bad because it's not like even even that whole astros thing back a few years ago when they were stealing signs if they're not using technology not a big deal. But st- sign stealing is part of the game. That's how it's been forever. That's how it will be for forever. But the fact that they were using technology is what made that really bad. If if Michigan's not using any sort of technology, if their scout that's going to these games isn't sitting in the stands with the camera, I don't see an issue with it. Yeah, if he's sitting there with a pen and a notebook, okay, come on. What's he, drawing pictures of the signs there? I'm no. fine with that. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? Here's what the NCAA needs to do, and they won't do it because – because they're stuck in the, I want to say 20th century, but they're probably stuck in the 19th century. Do the same thing the NFL does. Put put a receiver in the quarterback's helmet. Let the offense coordinator or the head coach talk to him yeah. until there's, you know, 
10 seconds on the play clock. Or if you don't want future opponents taking what you all are doing on the field, I don't know, maybe switch it up every Change week. Change your signs? Exactly. Like, uh, why, why does it have to be the same all season for, you know? Because our kids are not smart enough to have a new set of signs every week. That's the truth. I mean, they, they can't say that, but that's the truth. Oh, they got to go to class. They've got so much in their heads. We can't, we can't give them more. But I agree with you. But put a daggone receiver in the quarterback's head. Let them talk to him. This is 2023. Yeah. The NFL's been doing it forever. And it's simple. Nobody can steal it. You cut it off with 10 or 15 seconds left on the play clock. And if they still don't have the sign, then maybe you have to hand signal them in. If they still don't have the play call. I think this is much ado about nothing. Same. But it's getting a lot of run on the mothership, ESPN, all the all the big national shows. Oh, Michigan, Jim Harbaugh had to be uh, sat down for four games by his own university because he was cheating. He was uh, committing recruiting violations. They've still got four level two violations waiting to be heard by the NCAA, and here they are at it again. And you either like Jim Harbaugh or you don't like Jim Harbaugh. There is no in-between with that guy. Well, and that's the reason that this story's getting the run it is because they, he's been in hot water in the past, and he's he's a polarizing figure. So anytime there's something to do with Michigan football, you're going to hear about it because of Harbaugh. 2020, Scoots, the COVID year, Ooh. Michigan was 2-4. and four. Two and four. Mm-hmm. Jim Harbaugh had some of his salary reduced. You remember that? Mm-hmm. They took money away. You're going to make less until you start winning. Michigan went 12 and two, 13 and one to the playoffs, and now they're six and zero, seven and zero, whatever they are this year. <sighs> he threatened to go back to the NFL. As far as we know, he could probably still be flirting with going back to the NFL. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't surprise me. He was successful. He's one of those few coaches that was successful in college and the NFL. He was successful at Stanford, successful in the NFL, and he, he was successful um, now at Michigan. Some guys can't do that, but he has. Scooter says, how's Dingus feeling about Boogie Flan? Texter says that. Texter. Not, what Scooter. Did I, what did he I said, Scooter says. Oh, Texter says. <laughs> Man, I shouldn't drink cough syrup in the morning. <laughs> How's Dingus feeling about Boogie, Boogie Flan? He guaranteed him to be a Hoosier. I don't know that I did guarantee. I'm I, just I, reading the text. I, said, I told you I, I'm going to read the text. I said I felt like he would be. But now it's not going to happen. I mean, he's going to Kentucky. There's been too much scuttlebutt about it. And the second that, that Donovan Trilly puts it out, it's over. That does seem to be the lead. He's 2 o'clock is the announcement today. But it does certainly feel that way. It, right? it really kind of bothers me, though, because I get the vibe that Kentucky fans don't really want him. Whereas if he went to Indiana, he's like, that's the one guy that we want on our team. So that that part kind of bothers me. The fact that Kentucky's like, eh, Kentucky well, be right. fans may be that way. Yeah, and I don't know that that's the case. I haven't paid a whole lot of attention to it because you know how I feel about recruiting. Yeah. I don't care until they're on campus. But I think John Calipari obviously feels like. He, I mean, he's if he's not, he's got to be showing him the love, or he wouldn't be coming to Kentucky. Right. He's got to be showing him the love, telling him he's going to start giving him all the, the, uh, you know, hey, look at the, hey, look at these uh, guys making six billion dollars in the NBA. You use all of that stuff. He obviously wants him, regardless of what the fans think. Maybe the fans just don't want another boogie. Maybe not. We had, we had a boogie for a year. <laughs> 
and it was fun. It worked out. It worked out, except we didn't win the title that year. They lost to West Virginia in the Elite Eight. But, uh, you know, we've had our – we don't need any more boogies. But is this a, a loss for Indiana? Is this a big loss for Indiana? I would say so, yeah. Who's I the, mean, just who's because, the third team here? Kansas? Uh, Alabama. Alabama. Yeah. I mean, Indiana's kind of had their sights set on him for a long time now, and they've, they've really had their sights set on three guys in this class. So, to miss out on one of them, yeah, absolutely is a loss. Why is Alabama a player all of a sudden? Nate Oates. Last few years. Nate Oates. Uh, whenever teams show – by the way, this is like the Michigan thing. If you're cheating, you're that means you're winning, mm-hmm. right? Because nobody's investigating Rutgers. Nobody's investigating Vanderbilt. Nobody's investigating Iowa State or Cal Berkeley. If you're winning, if you're being investigated for stealing signs, illegal recruiting, I mean, look who gets investigated all the time. Kansas, Arizona, even though in football, but that was basketball. Oklahoma State had the number one player in the country, Cade Cunningham, and all of a sudden they're getting investigated. Michigan football, Kansas basketball. Right, Kentucky basketball. If you're getting, hey, it's a, it's a, you should, you should thank them. Thank you. That means we're good. <laughs> that means we're good. Uh, in Alabama basketball, they're good in the last few years. They laid a boner last year against San Diego State. I was there in the tournament at uh, Freedom Hall. But now, uh, I would expect Alabama to get investigated all of a sudden. That's just how that's how it goes. Well, I, if that's the case, come on, NCAA investigation. <laughs> Investigate the Hoosiers? Is that what you're asking for? Yeah. James Madison beat Marshall last night at Marshall 20 to 9. And I don't care about that, but JMU is 7 and 0. And basketball and football are a little bit different. I didn't know this till today. When you transition from Division 2 to Division 1 in basketball, there is a 4-year transitional period before you can play in the NCAA basketball tournament. That's what Bellarmine has been fighting for the last couple of years. Two years ago, they won the Atlantic Sun basketball tournament. Normally, that would qualify them for the NCAA tournament. However, they were still in that transition period. They did not win that fight, by the way. Their their season was over. They have one more year of that. Scotty Davenport told me the other day, still fighting it. Still sends an email to the NCAA every week. Still fighting it. James Madison football, it's two years. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. It's a two-year window where you can't play in a bowl game. JMU wants to play in a bowl game. They're 7-0, and and the argument is simple, Scoots. We're good enough. We've won enough games. Why can't we play? Shouldn't they be opposite? Shouldn't football be four years, basketball two years? Seems like it. Doesn't that make more sense? Well, neither should be any years now that there's a transfer portal. Sure, yeah. The way the portal works – there should be no transition periods at all. That's a good point. But JMU is uh, seven and zero. They beat Marshall last night. They're not. They're not going to the bowl game because the NCAA. Again, I said it. They're still in the nineteenth century. They're just not going to let them go. Period. End of story. By the way, James Madison has been a covering machine this year. They. I, keep, I had them last mind. night. By the just way, I had them mind. last night. But I also had Tulsa minus three. Final score: Rice forty-two, Tulsa ten. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, not good. Not good. Not good. All right. Houston beat Texas in the ALCS 10-3, to just like that. 
Astros have the home field edge back. Jose Abreu's three-run homer was the big blow. It was 3-0 Houston after four batters. Texas fought back, tied it at three with a Seager home run, and then finished up 10-3. Altuve had three hits, including two doubles again. Uh, he's been incredible. So a couple of big ones tonight. Game five in the ALCS, 507 on FS1. A rematch of the game one starters, Justin Verlander and Jordan Montgomery. That ended in a two to nothing Rangers victory. Uh, so expect more good pitching in that one tonight. And then game four of the NLCS. Here, here's our time against Scoots, 807 tonight, not 803. <laughs> TBS, Christopher Sanchez against Joe Mantiply. Uh, let's take a break. I know you're waiting for it. You wait all week for it. Unsponsored six pack is on the way. Beers on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big A. Welcome back. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Final segment of the week. Woo! There it is. Long week. <laughs> long. It's been a long you, week. You're working a lot, man. I am. You need a you need a break. I need a vacation is what I need. You need a beer. That too. Um Eminem Cartage Hotline is now closed. Scooter, no calls. No calls. Thorns text line still open, 502-414-1450. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, leave me a last second uh text. That's the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Texter says if a school drops down a level then they should be made to sit out a year or two before being eligible for postseason play. But if a school moves up a division, they should be eligible right away. I agree. I don't think you should be banged for moving down. You know why you're moving down? Because you don't want to be a Division One school that has all those financial responsibilities and NIL and all that stuff, and you probably aren't very good anyway. And, by the way, who moves down? I haven't heard of anybody moving down. Yeah, it doesn't happen very often. This is not relegation in soccer. <laughs> right? Is that fair? Yeah. Uh, Jacksonville 31, New Orleans 24. Scoots 0-1 in the scooter spread selection so far this week. Trevor Lawrence, not great. I didn't start him, by the way. You told me to sit him and put Kirk Cousins in and don't fear the 49er defense. It's a good call. So I did. Um, I'm not saying that was a good move. Right now, that was a good move. Lawrence, 20 of 29, 204, and a touchdown. Uh, the game-winning touchdown, by the way. Great play by Christian Kirk going across the middle, making some moves, making people miss. Derek Carr, 55 pass attempts last night. Jeez. He was 33 of 55, 301, one touchdown, um, but a pick six, too, that made it 24 to 9, that put them in the bind that they were in. Um, he looked like he had some midsection or groin issues at one point. He was down on the ground, had to be helped to the sideline, came back in, got hit again, was down, made him, made his lineman pick him back up so he could keep playing. Uh, Derek Carr, I like Derek Carr. I thought maybe he was going to be the answer in New Orleans. I saw people texting last night, put in, uh, put in James Winston. Mm-hmm. Early in, when it was you know twenty four right after the pick six. I mean they were bad. They they're that whole first half. That I was an ugly game. I only watched the first half, but the Saints were awful. 
I mean, they couldn't put a sustained and drive. The Jags together. were keeping them in the game with a yeah. fumble and a muffed mm-hmm. punt. Yep, that allowed New God, Orleans that, down there, and they could only get field goals. That freaking muffed punt! Oh my gosh, crazy! What a disaster! How I do did, you run into your own teammate? I did have the Jags in the over last night. Jag money line. Oh, I had the, over. I had the Saints in the under. So congratulations Thank to you. you. Thank you. <laughs> Every once I haven't cashed a parlay in a while, so that it felt good. It's been a long time, a drought as they call it. All right, I guess it's time. It's close enough. Everybody's waiting with their pen and pencil. Time for this week's unsponsored six-pack. Last week, uh, what was that last week, Scooch? Do you remember? Two and four, weren't you? Two and four. Yikes. Is that what it was? I think that's right. Yeah, I started out 0-4. That's what it was. No, no, that was the week before. Three, two, and one last week. Oh, okay. So 22, 18, and two, four games over 500 on the season. Um, I don't feel great about these games, but I don't feel bad about these games. I'm 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 feeling good. Uh, Penn State on Ohio State, big noon kickoff. Noon on uh, Fox. Ohio State's a four and a half point favorite at Penn State. When I found out James Franklin is one and eight against Ohio State, I said, okay. Penn State also complained earlier this year about, in fact, two weeks ago. James Franklin complained about the easy schedule that Michigan had while preparing his team to play UMass. <laughs> uh, that doesn't go over well. I think Ohio State plays great at home. Penn State, against even against not great teams, they had trouble scoring the football, and you got to score against Ohio State, uh, that Notre Dame game notwithstanding. I'm going to take the Buckeyes and give the four and a half here. I'm on the opposite of that. That makes me feel even better. I think Penn State finally. I don't, I don't know. Hang that on, they, let me write down. I'm betting double on that one. <laughs> I don't know if they win the game outright, but I think they cover that number. Four and a half is the number. All right, Air Force Academy at Navy. You know the story here? Oh, gosh. Under city. Air Force is undefeated. All right. But in these, what do they call these games? Military games. Military games, uh, military institution games, the underdog has covered. 20 of the last 23 games. Wow. Now, that includes Army, Air Force, Navy, when they play each other. Navy's getting 10 here. I'm taking 10. They're the home team. It's one of those commander-in-chief trophy games, and Air Force is undefeated. I'm taking Navy and the 10 at home. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm with you on that. Normally, I wouldn't pick the Air Force-Navy game. Air Force due for a letdown. I like where your head's at. Duke at Florida State, that's a nooner also. In fact, I think I got all three noon games. That's a nooner as well. No, no, maybe that's 3.30. Help me out, Scoots. Duke and Florida State? Uh, I got it right here. I just got to turn a couple of pages. Uh, That's a 7.30 night game. So I got two noon games and a night game. Duke is a 14.5-point underdog. I understand Riley Leonard's not playing the quarterback. I get that. But it's a good Duke team anyway. They'll slow slow you down. They did it to Notre Dame. They're a ball control offense. They want to run clock. If they can stay close early and not be down 21 nothing after the first quarter, which is possible, I'm going to go ahead and take Duke here. I like the Blue Devils plus 14, and I've added a hook here. You've added or you get it? No, I get it. I okay. looked this morning. All right. Um, and believe me, I want it. <laughs> so I'm going to take, uh, take the hook there. Uh, 14 and a half with the Duke Blue Devils on the road in Tallahassee. What do you think about that one? Uh, don't love it. Don't hate it. I'm, I'm indifferent on that one. 
I think I think Florida State covers that number, but that's just me. Good. I feel better. Oh, I feel better every time. Every, Go bet him again. Every time he bets against me, I feel good. Were you 16 under 500 now? Something like that? That sounds right, yeah. So, Ohio State, minus four and a half at home against Penn State. Uh, Navy, plus 10 at home against Air Force. And Duke, on the road, plus 14 and a half against the Seminoles. All right, NFL, I feel a lot better about these games. All right? Okay. Buffalo at New England. The Bills are eight and a half point favorites coming off a, I guess, a disappointing win on on Monday night against the Giants. They hung on to win there. New England, they just stink. I mean, there's no other way to say it. Mm-hmm. They should have covered last week and didn't. The two previous weeks, they were beaten by 30 and 30, 34 and 35, I think. Eight and a half is what New England's catching here at home. A lot of people I've seen have been saying, oh, this is where the Patriots, uh, this is one of those games, Patriots win it outright. How can you have that mindset? I can't. I can't. I'm taking Buffalo, who's still mad about the way they played against the Giants last week, I think, at home, and I'm taking them on the road to go into Foxborough and put a big number up on the New England Patriots, which most teams have done this year. Yeah. I'm going to give the eight and a half. No, you copied that one straight off my picks. Detroit at Baltimore. This is the second best game of the week after Miami and Philadelphia. Detroit is 5-1, and one, playing great football. Baltimore, um, they're at home. They're 4-2. and two. They played well enough to be 5-1. and one. Uh, They gave away a game. Lamar is a three-point favorite here against the Detroit Lions. I'm waiting for Scooter to put the headset back on here so he can hear this. I'm, take, I'm, I'm a believer. Dan Campbell, Detroit Lions. I'm taking the three points. I think they beat Baltimore outright on the road. Hmm. I'm on Baltimore here. I know. Well, don't think I didn't look at your picks before I made my pick. <laughs> I just couldn't stay away from Buffalo. Couldn't do it. So I'm taking man. Detroit. Uh, those are both 1 o'clock games. Now Sunday night football, game of the week, really. Philadelphia at home against Miami. The Dolphins are catching two and a half here. Uh, from the Eagles. Eagles have been unimpressive, even though they're 5-1. and one. They've had trouble scoring the football. Miami's look great. They've looked great, except one game. Buffalo beat Miami 48-20. to 20. Other than that game, Miami's 5-0. and oh. The combined records of the teams they've beaten in those five games is 5-24. and 24. I'm taking Philadelphia here. Mm. To put it on Miami, I'm going to say double digits. Philadelphia beats the Dolphins on Sunday night. Man, I hate that one. Mike McDaniel won't let that happen. He let Buffalo do it. Yeah, but that was coming off a 70-point performance. I don't care what it was coming off of. So you say when they score 70, uh, their confidence is down? No, when week? they when they score 70, they don't have any touchdowns left. Buffalo minus 8.5 at New England. Detroit plus 3 at Baltimore. Philadelphia Sunday night at home minus two and a half over the Miami Dolphins. I'm going to say I go four and two this week. I'm, Duke scares me because I, I say this all the time. Vegas knows more than I do. And to put that number at 14 and then for it to go to 14 and a half feels like a lot of the money is on Florida State. and They're trying to get you to bet Duke. Well, Florida State has more backers in, in the betting world than Duke football does, you know. More right. people are familiar with Florida State than they are Duke football. 
And uh, the other one I'm I'm just wishy-washy about a little bit is Detroit and Baltimore. I love Lamar. Lamar does great things. I think this here's who's underrated. You talk about Jared Goff, uh, MVP candidate, question mark. I don't know about that. They got the rookie running back. He's been really good. They've got uh, Jermaine, the receiver back that was um, – Suspended for gambling. Oh, Jameson Williams? Jameson Williams. Oh, he's back? Oh, that has he, been six He was weeks. back last year, last oh. week. He played well last week. Had a touchdown. Uh, Detroit's got everything offense. Detroit's defense, led by Aiden Hutchinson, is incredibly good. Incredibly good. So, there you go. There's the six-pack. Good luck. Again, uh, play responsibly. I don't, but you should. <laughs> Anything else catch your eye this weekend? Let's talk about your Steelers. I like the Steelers this weekend. I know you do. Uh, well, don't you like them every weekend? Yeah, but I mean, we're we're, we're at the Rams, right? At the Rams, yeah, three and so two. Just... Rams are three and three. Rams are playing good. Yeah, that's great. They played they... well before they got cut back. Now they got cut back. Yeah, but they're going up against a force of a defense. So if their offensive line can protect Stafford, then maybe they get the win here. I don't. I just don't see that happening. I think T.J. Watt goes crazy. Which, by the way, T.J. Watt's going to win defensive play. But how do they score? Steelers? Yeah. Defensive scores. I saw this today. Um, average over-under average over under right now put out by Vegas this year in NFL games is 44.1. That is the lowest since 2014. Really? At this point in the season. Well, I mean, if you think about because it, it makes nobody's sense. nobody's scoring. Yeah, we don't really have – I mean, we have seen explosive performances – but we don't have a team that is consistently exploding and putting up big numbers. I don't understand it. All the rules were set up to favor the offense. Mm -hmm. You can't hit the quarterback. You can't hit him high. You can't hit him low. You can barely hit him in the middle. Defensive pass interference, can't touch these guys. Defensive holding, now you're starting to see this call a lot this year. Ineligible receiver downfield. We've seen that. It's like there's an emphasis on it. Yeah. The run pass option offense where the quarterback's faking it and keeping it and rolling and just throwing it to that short guy. They're calling these linemen for being just one yard too far downfield. Let me ask you this, That's John. another shot against the offense. Because I was watching that game last night, and at one point the Jaguars had a guy check in, a lineman, and they he reported as eligible. How come we never see those guys that are reported as eligible get thrown the ball? Because they're, they have to become eligible because the formation is such that if they weren't eligible, they would not be covered up by an eligible player. So even though they're on the line of scrimmage and they're down in a, you know, they are literally on the line, they want the receiver off the line on that side of the ball. So that lineman is not covered up by a receiver okay. on the line of scrimmage. That that's, makes sense. that's all. If I'm a coach, though, I'm throwing it to that's that guy that, that I report is eligible. Um, I think uh, down at the goal line, coaches will throw to that guy. Uh, Belichick used to always throw it to, to one of those dudes, one of those big, ugly linebackers that he brings in as an eligible receiver. Teddy Bruschi caught touchdown passes. But yeah, that's why they do it. It, it seems ridiculous. <sighs> Long week's over, Scoots. Yep. Talk to you Monday. Beers on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X.